might want to count us in for the intro then. Before okay. we just start off on a tangent of some sort. You're no fun. Tangents are clearly the best part of this podcast. Well, that's fine, but we can do them while we're recording. Clearly, two cis men recording a podcast is the most tangent thing ever. It's true. It's the it's the definitive format for podcasts. Yeah. How are we not the worst podcast? Or we might be, and I just don't know it. I mean, I don't think we're that bad. Hello, and welcome to Journey Through the DecaCast, a Kamen Rider retrospective through the lens of Decade, where I am Shin Garrett. And I'm Chris. And, um, Evan got put into a coma because of Stan power. Uh, shouldn't we say he's drinking away his sorrows and, uh, because of previous failures? I mean, that too. I was just assuming, like, Stan power or whatever. You know, like... Or is... Crowd's power, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> I mean, it's basically also, Stan power, Also right? being manhandled by children violently is another... would be another option. That's true. I. Well, yeah, yeah. If, if we're comparing Evan to Pi Pi, I guess that would be correct. I mean, those are the two most obvious degree like incapacitating things that happen in the episode That's i mean i got other than having your identity stolen i guess which is also a thing that happens. yeah um but then i think that would only work if someone who was obviously not evan was here pretending to be evan. that's true like uh bio um authentication bad if you know an alien that can copy your bio <laughs> authentication uh, yeah, honestly, this is, like, the first thing in the show where I've been like, Rui, you're supposed to be smart. What the fuck? I mean, I guess... I guess it wasn't necessarily clear that when Birdcats mimics another person, they are mimicking their literal generic uh, genetic code. True. Yeah, I guess, actually, the level to which... Birdcats is able to imitate someone might have been unclear before this point. Like, I don't blame that, but two-factor two your shit. <laughs> you use a password manager. Something. Though, you know... Well, I, then I, this would just turn into Cryptonomicon of, like... Birdcats hacking into all of Rui's stuff. You know, I don't. There's know, no time for that. I don't know if Cryptonomicon is good or not, but I sure as fuck loved it. <laughs> I've also, I also was like, this is an interesting novel, but it's not nearly as like immediately compelling as Snow Crash was to me. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it just like hit me in like all like the correct ways. 
I de- I think all the stuff about the main character being the worst boyfriend ever was pretty funny, honestly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of want to give Cryptonomicon a revisit just to kind of revisit that. A lot of the stuff said in the past is really good. I honestly think the intro where the the guy like becomes friends with Alan Turing is like one of the strongest parts of the novel. Mm-hmm. I really like that bit. Yeah, I liked a lot of that. I, there was a time where I went through a lot of that person's books whose name I can't remember. Neil Stevenson. That's the I one. I believe, unless I'm forgetting, unless I misremember. No, that sounds right. Um, Diamond Age is still like super out there, but. Yeah, I started listening to that one on audiobook and just was like, I'll come back to this later, because it's, like, super weird. Um, I thought uh, Read Me was good, though. I haven't tried that one. Um, It's a good one. It kind of, it touches on, like, a lot of, like, MMO culture stuff, which was fun, like, gold farming and all that. Uh, yeah. That was, like, a really, that was a fairly, like, prominent pop culture thing for a while there. Like, once WoW had been around for a couple years and people were starting to see like sociological effects in it really remember a lot of pop psych being written about like culture structures uh, being created in digital spaces yeah it's really cool stuff like there was a there i went definitely went through a phase where i listened to like a lot of books that kind of played around with those premises and stuff and Mm -hmm. i don't know if i can vouch for like the quality of them being good but they have definitely stuck with me and I think about them and reference them fairly occasionally. <laughs> Speaking about recent, uh, his like recent history focused on being optimistic about our ability to create good and social structures that are mutually beneficial in online spaces. We're talking about Gotman crowds this week. Yeah, yeah. Also, when you said that, I'm like, that's also just kind of like the plot of Freedom TM, which is the sequel book to um, uh, Damon, which is kind of about um, a journey of a man going through and seeing if this creation of this AR world built underneath the real world that's being used to build like communities and stuff is um, is considered valuable and allowed to um, continue on, or if it's or if it should to be shut down. Huh. Which again, so- I don't know if it's a good book. But it stuck so, with me. Like the meta plot of The World Ends With You? Kind of? Maybe. I actually haven't finished The World Ends With You. I'm a, oh, okay. I'm a fake well, there's some, gamer. There's some, some real reveals later on. The se- the sequel's coming out real soon. I'm hyped about that. Yeah, but... um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that stuff's really interesting. Um, Crouch just continues to be the show like that's just like out of left field from what I thought it was going to be <laughs> yeah yeah it it really just not nothing that you expect is going to happen really happens and i definitely think that when the creative like the director the creative staff when they sat down to conceive it made they that's an 100 percent intentional oh yeah i i agree that like this is 100 percent intentional it's just everything about that and just like you know previous gotcha man stuff just like I expected to sit down to this and just go through, like, a 12-episode romp of, like, you know, tokusatsu-esque fights. <laughs> well, uh, that's what we have uh, the re- the regular Kamen Rider show for. That's true, but we're, since we're covering this on the same show, and it was, you know, a Gotcha Man property, right. I was just not <laughs> expecting what we get out of this. Well, Which, like, I, I don't I... say is, like, a negative in any way. It just continues to left-field me. Uh, I might have 
like intentionally snuck in something weirdly subversive just because I wanted to. Rude. I mean, hey, I told you it was real different. You might have. I don't remember that specifically. Speaking of fights, I've been seeing a lot of gifts from uh, Kira Major action sequences posted on Twitter for the past few days, and the action direction of that show is amazing. Uh, Kira Major or the... I thought it was Kira Major. Uh, I can't. God, sometimes names are failing me. Because I thought Kira Ranger was the crystal one that was last season, and now we're on yeah, yeah. the new one. Yeah, well... It was, yeah, it was Kira Major from last season. Oh, was, okay. I'm pretty sure it was. I, I thought you were talking about the current one, which is why no, I got no, confused no, no. for a second. Yeah, the new one has the, the rainbow dude. Yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, the it was definitely Kira Major Okay. the last season. The one we watched the first episode of. Yeah. It's going to be weird the... when we uh when we get to Shinkenger, because that technically is in Decayed Continuity. What? You'll see when we get there. <laughs> Are you? Okay. I'm not That's... joking. There, there is a part in Decade where he goes to a Sentai world. That's wild. I mean, I guess, yeah, he would have the power to do that. Cause... I mean, there's also movies that are like... There's like the Kamen Rider vs. Sentai movie with um, Gokaiger, but that was after Decade's original run. Wait, I thought Gokaiger was the one that the original Power Rangers show was based on. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm right. Go Go Ranger was the one in 75. And then Gokaiger is the anniversary series. Oh, okay. Is the one from 2011, which is an anniversary season. Yeah, I definitely... That I got those mixed up by quite a bit. Yeah, I didn't know they did an anniversary series for that. Even though I think you have mentioned it before, I have. Um, the Yellow Ranger is Mao, who is um, Shuden Doji and other um notable voices. Oh, huh, that's cool. Speaking of which, I actually I like checked the uh, some of the voice acting credits for g- crowds. I just haven't been looking at them pretty much up until this point. Uh, Pai Pai is voiced by Aya Hirano. Remember when she was a big deal? Wow, I do remember that, and I am shocked by this. I know. I think that's actually like a fun role for her to be cast in. Cause, like, yeah, yeah. I do remember when that was a thing because I was like the only like voice say you I recognized during that time and now I just recognize none of them <laughs> X is also uh, Sakura Tange of uh, Hardcaptor Sakura and uh, Nero gotcha I didn't recognize any of the other well um, actually Hajime is Maya Uchida who's does a lot of stuff she's like I think she's been like super prolific past several years it's always hard to pin down something specific at this point you're just saying words to me but did you watch uh my life um next life as a villainess uh no oh that's a good show you should totally i think i've heard that that is a good show yeah strong recommend life is villainous very good show it's a really a very good twist on the uh on the isekai concept yeah one of the few, one of the few ones where the twist isn't just like he's good at stuff or 
or know? it's a video game. Yeah, or he knows it's a thing, or, you know, there's a lot of things that are isekai with a twist, but it's, like, the same twist you've seen before. Right. But, uh, yeah, Life is Villainous is actually a really good version of that. I will take your word for it. You should watch it, not just take my word for Maybe. it. Maybe. I mean, watching things takes time, though. That'd be a good show, good, uh, that's actually a perfect girlfriend show, by the way. Is it? That's, like... I think it is, yeah. I don't know, I really like, do think it is. I, I don't, I would not think any Isekai, like, light novel adaptation would fit that bill. <laughs> well, I think this one does. I, X to doubt. Okay, okay. We should probably talk about this episode <laughs> of, um, Gotcha Man that we watched. True. Which I okay, well, don't even remember epi- the name of this episode. What is this episode called, Chris? Episode 8, Genuine. Genuine, however you want to pronounce that. I pronounce it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I pronounce it genuine, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, this episode opens with Pai Pai having drunk through, like, 12 cans of beer that are about as big as him. And being really sad about running away and sucking in the last episode. Which he did. Yes, that did happen. Uh, and kind of the intro sequence here is, uh, JJ, uh, no, not JJ, OD. Uh, OD is kind of walking around and talking to all the gotcha men who are in the, the cage currently. Well, before the uh, cage part, there's the part where he was, like, taking care of Utsu, and yeah, they were talking about the stuff, apartment. and then at the end, he, like, pulls out his note, and he has, like, a collage play, uh, page of Utsu, where I guess he's going to die, he thinks. I assume he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to go fight bird cats and then die. I assume that's his plan. I assume this is the foreshadowing that the show is doing. It does seem to indicate that that is, like, his plan at this point. Is that the only way they're going to deal with bird cats is if he does his, like, you know, transform and maybe blow up, maybe destroy the world, you know, thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's on the table, so that's bad. Um, but he's trying to just lift everyone's spirits, because everyone's super depressed that they got wrecked incredibly hard last episode. Yeah. I mean, except, like, Hajime, she didn't get incredibly wrecked. Yeah, she just uh, tried to solve a riddle and did not succeed <laughs> immediately, but... Right. Yeah. I mean, I, we were talking about this before recording, so now I get the fun part of being like, did I say this on air or not? But um, <laughs> I, I, I stan Hajime in this show. She is clearly, like, the best character in the show. She is the smartest character in this show. And uh, she is just overall A+. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like Hajime's great. I definitely remember some discourse around the, when the show was, like, in the the consciousness about her being a manic pixie dream girl. But we're like... This is a real. We're taking it back. If this, if we're gonna call it that, because she's like actually just a really nice person and cares about the people around her and isn't like discouraged by failure in a way that's like really admirable. Hajime is just like this really weird, uh, like um, amalgamation of like uh, a, a Genki girl and just like the intelligent one, just like meshed into one. Right, right. It's not it's not something where I like I can immediately think of another character that 
has the same set, set of traits that she does. It kind of reminds me of like some um like sometimes when they have the Ray character, they'll have the Ray character be like really emotionally insightful, but they're very quiet. Um, yeah, but like they're they're putting it with like the not quiet part, which is the part right, that right. I think is extremely interesting. Yeah, but not like a she's like aggressive, but not in like a mean or rude way. Yeah, she's also like not obnoxious. Right, right. It's very good <laughs> character writing and design. Yeah, it, it's definitely... Because it's the sort of thing where it's like, if you were personally interacting with this person, it might be a little hard to deal with. But as we're seeing all these people that have, like, gone through these setbacks, and we want them to, like, you know, get back up and try again and, you know, persevere... Like, that's, Hajime is our audience surrogate in that. She's like, like, come on, guys, you can do this. Just try a different approach. I mean, really, just us going through the show is me just being like, Hajime good for 13 episodes or however long it is. <laughs> I love Rui a lot, too, but poor, poor Rui. Poor Rui gets so dumped on. I don't dislike Rui, but I don't necessarily agree with their um, morals or whatever. I mean, in this episode, they, like, start, ta- uh, like, Birdcats talks a lot about how, like, um, you know, oh, your bloodless revolution isn't going as well as you thought, huh? And that's, like, that's such a dick move to be just mean to someone who's trying to be do something good for people. That's why they're the villain, Chris. I know, I know. It's, uh, it's just so mean. Yeah, th- this episode is just, like, a further, like... <laughs> Rory falls into, like, a black hole of descent. Yeah, yeah. Bad things happen to Rui continually. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, there are, what, four episodes left? Yeah, we're two-thirds through the first season. Yeah. So, we're about, we're, we're, we're hitting, like, the, the hinge point where, like, things are gonna, like, flip around. So, so you're saying we're we're basically at like our low point, and according to the hero's journey, we're now going to overcome this low point. Yeah, yeah. This is the uh, what journey to the underworld or whatever. Yeah, that sounds right. I took a film in lit class once. Yeah, and then like, I don't I don't know if going to the uh the kindergarten that they go to in this episode is seizing the sword, but like. It's like the beginning of seizing the sword or something. Yeah, I think it's the beginning of seizing the sword. I think that's more going to be next episode because it kind of ends on a cliffhanger for like Rory's yeah. actual development coming to terms with things. Yeah, yeah. Like Rory's it 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 stops like right before Rory joins the rest of the Gachaman characters, which I don't remember if that's exactly what happens next episode. It's been a while since I watched the show, like I said, but yeah, like, maybe they're. At the kindergarten, and are thinking about joining in with the rest of the group, and then the episode cuts. Yeah. Which, like, I'm down for that. Like, did Hajime and Sugane, like, say words to Ruri where they are like, huh, maybe I should consider this? I mean, they talked to them in the the two previous episodes, had, like, fair amounts of interaction with Ruri and them. Which is also weird, because, like, I wasn't expecting Sugane to do anything that wasn't dumb. (laughs) I know, yeah, he's, like, good in this episode. It's like, oh, actually, Hajime's ideas are correct? <laughs> yeah, like... 
I like him better. He is still not my favorite, but he's starting to come around. If we ever do season two, it is kind of hilarious how much Sugane's role gets marginalized. Like, he's just not important at all. (laughs) Well, that's kind of disappointing. Well, I mean, in season two, they're like Rui's there, and there's also a new character called Tsubasa, and they're both basically there for Hajime to bounce off of. So they don't really need Sugane at all. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, he's still in the show. He's just not doesn't have a major thematic role like the, he does in the Z. He can go have adventures on his own. He doesn't need a woman to uh, to whatever. I can't think of the turn of phrase I was looking for. <laughs> he's a strong, independent man. He don't need no girl. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's da- that's that's a dangerous road to go down. Okay, but look, it's Sugane. <laughs> you know, actually, something I noticed in this episode when he was at the kindergarten, um, Sugane has blonde hair. We've probably brought this up before, but uh, that's extremely incongruous for a character who's presented as straight-laced in Japan. Oh, I uh, guess that's true. Yeah, blonde is like the is like something that only rebels do. Yeah, you generally have to dye your hair to get it blonde. Correct. Or maybe he's just foreign. Uh, I don't think they ever indicate that he's not fully Japanese. If he's not Japanese, his weird samurai shtick would be a little cultural appropriate. <laughs> I mean, what if he's just like embracing that side of his heritage? I mean, yeah, that I mean, that would be down down to him and how he feels about his heritage, but it doesn't come up. So I assume he is just a Japanese person who dyes his hair blonde, and they don't treat that like it's a thing that anyone needs to make a fuss over. I mean, the show does a lot of progressive things that the show doesn't make a make a fuss over. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, that's just one among them that I had not considered up until this episode. Where I was like, oh yeah, the straight-laced character is never blonde. That doesn't happen. That's fair. So, uh, Odi shows, uh, after he talks to Utsutsu a bit, and uh, there's some little detail in here about how, like, Utsutsu uses her own life to feel her healing powers, so she's pretty drained from uh, when she healed Rui in the previous episode. Yeah, I mean, they mention that every time she uses her powers, but, um... I think it's never narratively going to be important other than they mention it. I mean, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Chris do... is biting his tongue right now. <laughs> like, it has, like, physical consequences for her, but it's definitely just, like, a thing to add tension to. It, like, adds a narrative cost to her using the powers. Well, so I, under- I understand. Feel like a get-out-of-jail-free card. I understand it's like, oh, this shortens your lifespan, but, like, what is the lifespan of an Utsutsu? I don't know if it shortens her lifespan or just, like, makes her sick. I don't know. Yeah, like, what... Like, unsure. I understand it's there for tension. I don't think it's actually going to, like, come up as, like, a plot point. Uh, like, are they gonna kill Utsutsu? I Probably do- not. Yeah. Um, also, Joe kind of just leaves this episode, because he's... He doesn't want to deal with emotions. Yeah, Joe is like, superhero stuff didn't work, guess I'm leaving. 
I'm gonna go use my gun now. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't go shoot anybody. That would be bad. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so OD is uh, at the cage with Joe, Sugane, and... Is anyone else there? I guess Utsutsu's up in the apartment, and is like, moping off in a corner. Yeah. So he's like, let's let's play a card game or something. Come on, everyone. Let's cheer up. We're not, like, dead yet. Uh, but no one's really buying it. So then Hajime shows up, and it's like, come on, guys. We can't, we can't just mope around. We have to actually come up with a plan for dealing with bird cats. There's this bird cats thing. We have to deal with that. Don't worry, though. I have it all figured out. We're going yes. to preschool. <laughs> I have a plan. Let's go tell the media that gotcha men exist. And we'll, like, hang out with some kids so we look nice while we're doing it. And Pai Pai's like, no. And Hajime's just like, don't care, we're doing this. Yeah, Hajime's like, ignoring you? God, I, I love the bit later on where they just throw huge amounts of shade on uh, Shinzo Abe. <laughs> That's fair. You 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 know the bit I'm talking about, right? Where, where the like, one politician's sleeping. The, they say he's the prime minister. Oh yeah, so. prime minister. Yeah, so he's just like uh, fall, falling asleep while people are trying to ask him about. How the government is going to deal with the fact that there are aliens and superheroes now. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's like most of the second season. is just, they turn Shade and Sh- on Shinzo Abe into the whole show. Oh, okay. That's fair. I mean, I like Shin Godzilla, so I'll probably like season two. <laughs> Still hyped for Shin Ultraman. It's so, I'm so glad that Ava 4 is finally coming out. Oh, I... I hope that Shin Ultraman is good. Like, I I have some pretty good faith in Anno. I, I think he understands what Ultraman should be. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, but, like, there's no reason to think that won't be a pretty good movie. Yeah. Like, he, he's been able to turn his fandom for things into good art many times now. Yeah. And Ultraman is clearly, like, one of his first loves, so... Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever had, like, the the thoughts on air, but, like, I'm concerned about, like, the English Ultraman stuff that they're doing. Be- uh, yeah? Yeah, um, just because I don't... Well, so, the U.S. likes to dark gritify everything. Okay. And I feel like, a, like, a dark gritty Ultraman kind of is, like, against the principle of Ultraman. In in my opinion, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that much Ultraman, but it's like an inherently optimistic property from it, what I've seen. Exactly. So like, I it I think it is incorrect to do a not optimistic Ultraman. I feel yeah. like you are. It's kind of got the Superman thing going on, where like people are doing fine, and then they're like there are external factors that are going to make that bad, but then like. Then we access cosmic forces to help us not be destroyed by that. So, kind of, I mean, it can even be like internal forces or whatever. But I feel like if if Ultraman like doesn't have like a sense of just like hope or hopefulness or something like that, I feel like you are missing what Ultraman is about. Have Have they made like American Ultraman? Stuff? There's a that- Netflix thing that they're working on right now. Okay. Uh, I knew that they did, like, uh, there was, like, an anime. There was, um, well, the anime is, the anime is based off of the manga. 
Okay. Um, like the original, the original manga. No, there's a new manga where it's it's kind of scaled differently. So like instead of Ultraman being giant, they're like these robotic Iron Man suits and stuff. Um, it's a okay. it's a, it's a definitely an, an inter- it's an interesting take. Hmm. Um, that is interesting. But yeah, there's like an, an I want to say it's an animated thing that um America Netflix is working on, I believe. And that's just kind of my piece about that. Like, I've started to see like some people noticing recently that like Netflix's relationship with anime is kind of weird. Like, yeah, it is nice that they fund this stuff, but also like they kind of give everything this weird foreign friendly sheen to it yeah which is kind of true i mean that's like a whole thing in itself Um, yeah also there was the ultraman comics which from what i was told mostly from sybil is that it doesn't play out super optimistic and deals with like some like stuff that in my opinion doesn't really work in like an ultraman styled thing that would be weird, because, like, Ultramen are basically angels. Like, they're they're like a force of cosmic beings that just do good things just because they believe in goodness. From my so. understanding, from what, like, Sybil was telling me, there's a lot of, like, weird, like, conspiracy stuff going on in that plot with, like, the main organization that, like, works with Ultraman and stuff, so it kind of huh. did weird stuff with that. Again, I don't have all the full details, and that is just my opinion, but I think if you're doing Ultraman, you have to have some sense of optimism and hope in there. I mean, I guess it, like, I could see a story where, like, humans manipulate, like, the, like, cosmic forces that are, have good intentions, but we make it actually suck. Like, I could buy a storyline like that, but that is pretty grim. Like, I mean... I'm I'm not you saying gotta... you can't do that story. I'm just saying Ultraman shouldn't do that story. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I like don't have a strong relationship with the Ultraman franchise, so I don't wanna like make any definitive statements there, but I will believe your your perspective on this. Yeah, it's nothing more than a perspective. I am not saying that I am absolutely correct or anything. I'm not making hard stances on this. Dinozeon's winding down, right? It's like, uh, I'm, I might just wait until that's done to, like, binge through the show. Yeah, I think it was episode really like 10 or 11 today. I haven't, I haven't actually started it yet, and since we're so close to the end, I might just wait for them to premiere the last couple episodes. That's fair. I feel like it's got a lot to live up to, to be as good as Gridman. Like, I really enjoyed Gridman. Yeah, SSS Gridman is really good. It's a good show, yeah. I, I agree. Um, what we're talking about, we're talking about crowds, right? Right. Okay. So, um, ne- after they have the conversation about, after the the Gotchman have the conversation about what they're gonna do, there we flash over to Rui, who is like bandaged up, but like kind of out in public. Uh, she's wearing bunny ears, which are adorable. Yeah, we get bunny and... Rui this episode, which like, sure. <laughs> I I think that's really cute. <laughs> uh. And she hears a news broadcast that is uh, part of her hearing things that make her depressed. Uh, and the news broadcast is that apparently all the people who were using the crowds when they were attacked by Burkats in the previous episode were put into comas. Yeah, I believe yeah. this was a question I had last episode, if they were dead or not. I have yeah, my and answer I was like, now. I'm pretty sure they'll address it later. 
I might have said that. I should have said that if I didn't. That sounds fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like no, nobody has any idea what, how that happened. The only link they're not, like is like apparently people are have the inclination to blame it on Galax, which is extremely bad for Galax's image and the public. So. Yeah, Galax is not doing super good right now. Right. Also, like, should we touch on like that side plot that's going on where um there's that one angry dude? That's oh yeah, yeah. Hundred. Yeah, the one guy who got kicked out of the hundred that Rory was talking to in the previous episode. Yeah. I forget if that was six or seven. I think it was six. Yeah, and he has like a daughter, and like that we're supposed to like that's supposed to be like his uh humanity, I guess, in this situation. Right, but like he he like quit his job or it's a little unclear if he quit his job or if he was just so focused on the hundred thing that he got fired. Yeah, but, um, unsure. But um, yeah, and he's really mad at Rui for taking away the his uh powerful like his ability to do stuff and is now like we need to rise up and overthrow the government and stuff with the power of the crowds. Correct. Which is extremely not what Brewery wants them to do. Right, that is the op- the bloodshed is the op- opposite of bloodshedless. Yes, yeah. Even though Rui does agree that the government seems to suck ass. Like, Rui agrees with that, but he... Look, I, he, I he even agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, that's a perspective I share. Like, things are bad... We don't really have any reason to believe that violently overthrowing the state is an improvement. Yeah, I, I, I believe we've actually outwardly condemned that. Right, yeah. I I am not for that, so yeah, I'm definitely with Rui on this one. There, are, We should probably find a different way to improve things. Right. So, that guy is uh, running around being crazy and posting a bunch of extremely incendiary shit online in this episode. Yeah. You can tell he's evil because he's in dark mode now. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's basically, like, he's like a tertiary antagonist and he's just an internet troll at this point. We live in a society, Chris. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, a horrible society sometimes. Man, why was that just, like, not a line in, like, Standalone Complex? I feel like that would be a line in Standalone Complex. They never said we live in a society in Standalone Complex. I didn't say say they did, but I feel like that's something that wouldn't have been out of place in that show. It wouldn't have been totally out of place, but they had slightly more dignity than that. Well, I mean, they didn't have enough dignity to know what a Standalone Complex was. (laughs) Oh, man. Those recordings will never see the light of day. You know, I've still got them on my computer. We should really edit them as, like, lost episodes sometime. Uh, Maybe Sybil will do that for us. Actually, I got a, uh... I actually did get a little bit depressed when I got a email today where Tumblr sent me a thing that said, Sooner Anime turned five today. And I was like, God damn it. We had a (laughs) Tumblr? I, I had made one at one point, yeah. I never knew about that. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of people... Well, five years ago, I was seeing a lot of podcasts distribute themselves on Tumblr, so I was like, yeah, yeah, well, we can do that. Five years ago is a better time. Was it? Probably. Yeah, for the most part. I think I was... Yeah, I was less... 
I think I was generally more optimistic about things five years ago. <gasps> I mean, I'm not generally optimistic about anything. Right, but on a sliding scale, you know? Yeah. Back to the Gotchaman episode. So, after hearing that, uh, the news broadcast where he's walking down the street, and, uh, Birdcats shows up disguised as, I think we saw them take this face in a previous episode? Possibly unsure, cannot confirm. But yeah, they just show up and are like, uh, hey Rui, seems like your whole thing isn't working. Sucks to be you. Uh, guess I'm gonna go commit some more random violence for fun. But, uh, this time I'm going to do it as you. Yeah, uh, and Rui summons in one of the crowds, and Bird Birdcats just immediately destroys it. Like, I think she, I think they just snap, and, like, yeah. it's gone. Uh, so, yeah, that's clearly not an option. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, Birdcats is like, uh, did you have fun playing Hero? Well, so much for that bloodless revolution you were going for. Now it's my turn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so then, <laughs> and, so then they make out, because that's how Birdcat steals things. Yeah, Birdcat steals Rui's face, and looks like an extremely creepy, mean version of Rui, with, like, the red, like, red eyes with the tail triangles running yeah. through them. Yeah, and then immediately hijacks X. Yep, which, X um, cannot uh, distinguish between the two of them. Which, um, this goes back to, um, Rory, please two-factor authenticate your shit. <laughs> Don't just rely on biometrics. I feel like we shouldn't have had to tell them this, but here we are. <laughs> I mean, they are supposed to be a genius, right? So I guess, like, yeah. unsure about backstory? I mean... They seem like they're supposed to be a very intelligent person. So yeah. Is, does is seem... this supposed to be like intelligent beyond their means, thus having problems forming social connections with people? Uh, actually, I'm a little unclear on that. I get, um, <laughs> I guess I'm realizing I like projected a fair amount of myself onto Rui. <laughs> uh, but uh, like, I yeah, can I see definitely... that being a thing and that could express why they choose to express themselves out in public with, um, with the way they present there. Right, yeah. Like, uh, their, you know, feminine gender presentation in public, and, uh, you know, just generally having more of an online life than an in-person life. So, yeah, maybe. I stopped myself, but I was gonna make a comparison to a, a Disney Channel original movie, and I feel like that would be bad. So I stopped Wait, myself. Which, which one? Um... <laughs> It was, um, oh god, what was the name of it? Hang on, I gotta look up Disney Channel movies. Oh, it was, um, it was Genius, which was in 1999, actually. I was a year off. Which features oh, a, wow. a teen kid who was a genius beyond his thing, had trouble forming, you know, relationships, and then he took on, like, a bad boy personality and went to high school when he was, like, a college professor and, like, you know, purposely, like, failed classes and stuff to, like, live out that, you know, experience of being that other other personality quote-unquote that's isn't that the plot of old school i don't know i've never seen old school okay i it's been a long time but i've so seen I've genius seen... the the disney original channel movie <laughs> so weird well okay uh thank you for the comparison i've seen a lot of those i don't know why but um 
that's the yeah thing. why why have you i don't know it's like 1999 i don't know i had a younger sister oh okay that's fair. i i, I yeah, still I, I, I still do i realize i used to have there she, she still exists <laughs> and like and like smart house was cool remember smart house chris I've never seen Smart House or even heard of it. What about Johnny Tsunami? Nope. Brink? Nope. Alright, well, you were deprived as a child, so that's fine. We watched Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon instead of Disney Channel. Every time I turned on the Disney Channel, it was some sort of sitcom with real people in it, and I just... I wasn't doing that. For what it's worth, I will bail Garrett out here and say that I do remember all three of those, although two of them were very generic 90s, extreme sports comedies, and one of them was a thing where uh, Smart House took on the role of the dead mother in the family, gave itself a 50s housewife persona, and then proceeded to femdom the entire family to show them its love. So, you know, one some, one of these things is not like the other. Okay, but like, sometimes sitcoms with real people are good. Uh, I mean, maybe... I, I can tolerate them now, but like... Yeah. So you're telling me Scrubs is not good? I do like Scrubs. Well, Scrubs yeah. is a I, I was exaggerating for comedic effect. Like, Community is one of my favorite shows ever. Alright, well, we can go on then. Otherwise, I'm just gonna tangent about Disney Channel movies. <laughs> I, uh, I watched Avatar when it first started with my younger brother, so... I don't know. I feel like I came out better in this one. We watched a cooler show. I mean, I also watched other shows. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, we go to credits after the, the scene where Rui gets their face stolen. And um, when we come back is the scene with the internet troll dude who's like, uh, yeah, posts a bunch of shit online and then tells his daughter, like, hey, don't tell mom I have the day off work. Which is like, that's very depressing. Yeah, that's probably not good. Yeah. Um, Back at the cage, Hajime's like, okay guys, go into a preschool slash kindergarten. I'm not entirely clear which one it is. But um, yeah, apparently they she talked to her fire marshal friend and they were doing like a disaster preparedness drill. So she managed to get them a spot to come in and talk to the kids. Uh, Pai Pai is strongly opposed to this, as he thinks kids are the most barbaric and degenerate life forms in the universe. Which might be true. Actually. Yeah, that could that... be true. Like, I, I, I mean, that's a personal opinion. I'm not a kid fan, but yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't spend much time around children, but you know, possibly. Uh, Joe decides that he's gonna bail because he's like, uh, no one, no child would admire a weak hero who can't even defend anyone. But and Joe is just... the coolest hero. He's a politician. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a public sector servant, like public servant person. Like, he does important work for people, but yeah, he does not see the value of that identity. Or he does, but he's now disillusioned by it because, like, you know, the society has broken down. <laughs> he's he's in a real we-live-in-a-society mood. I, yeah. I didn't want to say it like that, but yes. Um, 
Okay, uh, so Sugane has come to the point where he's like, okay, maybe Hajime actually knows what she's talking about and I should just go along with her instead of arguing all the goddamn time. Yeah, like, I give Sugane shit, but, like, in the last couple episodes, he's been pretty good. He's been showing, like, growth and development and all of these interesting things. Yeah, I thought it, like, it was really sweet that after he, like, heard Rui's, like, I I think hearing Rui's explanation about, like, how they'd been trying to approach, uh, you know, what they were doing with the crowds and stuff, like, really changed Sugane's perspective on the whole superhero thing, and I think that's, like, a good bit of characterization. Yeah, like, Sugane has just, like, gained emotional intelligence, like, throughout the show. Right, right. He just didn't ever have to think of things in such a complicated way. Which is, I guess, fair. They're fighting some sort of weird society homunculus alien now. That's like some sort of gestalt mind demon. So yeah, that probably does require you to step up your perspective a little bit. I mean, also, to be fair, like, understanding and dealing with emotions is hard. And the the gut response is to generally just push it down and don't think about it. That's true. And, I mean, I think if we're being, like, totally honest, like, the kind of, like, straight-laced masculine perspective he started the show with does not encourage emotional intelligence, like, really at all. That's true in both American and Japanese culture, probably. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. So, yeah, it's definitely a thing where it's, like, not a muscle he had been encouraged to flex up until this point, so... So good job growing as a human being, Sugane. Yeah, hot take. Um, become a well-rounded person in life. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, agree. <laughs> okay, so they're uh they're at the preschool, and uh I love how Odie puts on the a hat before he goes out. He's just like, this is my this is my being. Uh, being in public uniform is That's wearing his a top hat. civilian form. <laughs> yeah, wearing a top hat. Which, like, sure. Uh, Hajime did not tell them that she was going to actually call in a bunch of cameras and stuff, though. And, like, the local news media, so... OD, like, do- redoes his makeup when he sees that that's what's going on. I also like that OD immediately wants to hook up with the fire chief. Oh, right, yeah. He's like... I mean, the fire chief is not bad looking for an old guy, so... Yeah. And he does seem pretty cool from uh, what we've seen up until this point. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know who's not cool? Uh, the media. Yeah, I, I do like how all of them are there, but they all are clearly don't believe that gotcha men are a real thing until they see Hajime transform. They're all just incredibly skeptical about this. And then they're like, oh, oh shit, this is real. Yeah. Um, also, like, one thing I was super into with, um, with just this episode is, like, there was a lot of, like, Kajime, like, hand movement expression stuff, which I felt really stuck out this episode and was a good bit of extra characterization and, like, tone and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, she does her, like, finger scissors all the time when she's talking. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's done it before, but I feel like this episode, I really noticed it. Uh, she's definitely done it before, but, I mean, she's probably being a little flashier with it, because she's trying to encourage everyone in this episode. Maybe, but she was also doing it in, like, the the cage and whatnot. <sighs> right, right. Uh, so, yeah, um, the, the media's like, hey, why don't you 
prove it by transforming in front of us, so we know you're really Gatchaman. Hajime's like, well, okay. So she just does transform, and it's like, uh, Sukane, why don't you transform too? So they turn into their Gatchaman forms, and are like, yeah, see? We're cool superhero people. I, I do like and... the part where, like, Sugane transforms, but then proceeds to show off in front of the kids. Yeah, he does a flip and stands on a wall. <laughs> I, as, I I do love the moment, because they punch in the theme song, too, so it's got this real, like, I- emotional feeling of, like, oh, shit, this is real! <laughs> like, yeah. everyone is, uh, like, well, we weren't really expecting anything interesting to actually happen. Also, just, like, another time for me to appreciate, like, how good, like, the design for, like, Hajime's Gachiman suit is. I know, it looks good in action, it looks good when it's just, like, in static scenes. It's, the Gachiman designs are great. It gives me real strong virtual on vibes. I know. The integration of the 3D animation for the Gachaman forms with the 2D of the, like, regular show is so incredibly good. And, like, ah, just so few shows get that well. I think like, it's, like, a very... I think it's, like, a very solid effect for, like, translating, like, tokusatsu special effects into anime. Right. Yeah, it just works super well. It's. I think it's really impressive. That is not my original take, by the way. I did see that on Twitter the other day and went, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Hmm. So, uh, thank you, person on my Twitter timeline. <laughs> uh, so everyone starts yelling uh, about the Gutchman, and OD is just like, shut the fuck up! Well, like, one of the, one of, like, the camera people, like, knock into a kid, and the kid starts crying, and OD's like, what the oh. fuck are you doing? Right, yeah, like, you can't hurt children. Uh, and when OD yells at everyone to chill out, I, lo- I do like how the kids are like, oh, OD's, OD's probably the strongest one, he's probably the tough one. He probably is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel is. like it's been hinted at enough where it's not even a spoiler for me to say that. I yeah, they've definitely. I mean, I think they've straight up told us several times that he's got the strongest Gotchaman form. He just can't use it really. Yeah, because it like destroys a planet or something. Yeah, it, it's like too large of a scale to be really easy. Yeah, just like, like fight in use. space then. Space, which fighting. actually. I feel like now that that's a little easier to imagine, now that we've seen Birdcats's Gachaman form, where it's just like this incre- this infinitely long chain that can just like destroy things by moving around. It it it, it is like how Joseph has the perfect stand for him in part three, where it's just an unlimited supply of rope, because Joseph <laughs> was always known to like come up with like those clever plans. So giving him a simple tool like unlimited uh, supply of rope really like plays into his strength. Uh, it's true. And what if the rope was also psychic? Sometimes, kind of. Yeah, I also stole that from a panel that I went to, but um, that was just a very good way of explaining that, and I agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I love those bits in part three where they where Joseph uses Hamon powers, which mean Jolene is even better because she can be the rope. I'm super excited that we're getting part six sometime soon. Yeah, like, part six is my favorite part. Okay, so from now we shift over to uh, a media report on the Gatchaman being there. It's like a live broadcast with, like, some commentary over it. Uh, I, <laughs> like, Rui's uh, in a hotel, probably still trying to recover from all the cuts they've got all over them. And, um, 
yeah. So <laughs> they see that uh, the the gotcha men have, pub- have like publicly come out on the TV, and the the news report is just like, well, I guess this is a thing. Yeah, they they take it really easily, which is interesting. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're the they don't seem to <laughs> react like uh they totally weren't expecting this, but you know, hey. I I like the bit where the camera's on OD and like he's playing with one of the kids and one of the other kids is like grabbing him from behind and she's like <laughs> grabbing right on his nips. <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, don't don't grab there, please. That is true. That is a thing that happens. <laughs> Very cute. Very real kid interaction. Okay, so at this point, Hajime is like, okay, so here's the situation. There's this weird alien called Birdcats that is, like, destroying things and giving out riddles and is threatening to, like, destroy the world. So... You know, watch out for that. Also, like, he gave me this riddle. Do you know what it means? And they're like, uh, nope. And Hachini's like, well, darn it, me too. <laughs> yeah, she she tells the, the, gives the riddle on TV, the what's the sweetest thing that everyone wants riddle. The The kids all, all are like, ice cream, honey. You know, I don't, I don't uh, even know if I know the answer. Like, uh, when it happens, I'll probably be like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, it's a bad, like, if in traditional, in how you would evaluate a riddle, it's obviously a bad riddle. Because <laughs> the answer is not, like, there's an infinite amount of answers. Like, there's not just one answer. Yeah. It doesn't have any wordplay or any, like, unique aspects of the question that make it clear that could guide you to what the answer is supposed to be. My answer is greed based on bird bird cats and what he likes doing with humans, but... Uh, yeah, probably. But, yeah, so Hajime's like, uh, okay, I just wanted to warn everybody about that. That's, uh, that's all I really wanted to say. Yep. Oh, she does mention that, like, uh, if if Lode is watching, they should show up because um, she has a feeling that they're going to be really important to this solution. Right, right, yeah. If you're watching this, come over here. We're going to need you. Uh, from there, we cut over to Birdcats in Rui's form, uh, kind of sitting in that big TV, that Ozymandias TV room that she's got where she accesses X-Rim sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, Burkatz is watching this news report and is like, oh, okay, well, uh, I guess that's happening now. And Burkatz is kind of like, damn it, Hajime, why you gotta be so smart? (laughs) Yeah, Burkatz is like, ah, I've, my plans to surprise everyone have been mildly thwarted. I guess I'll have to just destroy everything in public now. And then X is like, I do not understand. Are you going yeah. to preschool? And Birdcats the, is like, the, Nope, I got other plans. Yeah, the fact that uh the fact that Birdcat that like X is seeing two versions of Rui is confusing to the AI. It cannot it's like clearly breaking a little bit from the contradiction there. Right. Uh there's a funny bit where uh Hajime and Sugane like jump away 
and are like, hey, you, you guys can take pictures of us, but we gotta go. Which is pretty cute. Uh, and Pi Pi gets kidnapped by the children. They all pick him up and are like running around crowd surfing him. Which is fine. It's pretty cute, honestly. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, after the eye catch, we're back with there's a, a bunch of people who are just seeing the the news broadcast and are like, well, how do we react to this? Um, they told us that there's an alien that might destroy everything and we don't know how to deal. We like, she didn't give us any advice on how to deal with that. And we don't, we didn't know aliens exist until just now. So this is a weird situation. Yeah. Just kind of take that as you will. Right. Uh, we see a bit more with the online troll guy who is like uh, posting, like how uh, posting to load, like how are you gonna make up for ruining my life with everything you've done? And I'm just like, oh, okay, bro. And Birdcats just kind of plays into it, and then it's like, I want yeah. you to lead my new hundred, yeah, the yeah. Neo one, the Neo hundred, yeah, and in like uh, the in like the sub, like it's capitalized all stupid and stuff. I, d- I, I don't know if that, that was an error in the subtitle. I choose to believe it's not, and there's just like a lowercase e in 100 for no reason. Uh, yeah, Birdcats as Rui, also, when he when they talk to this guy, are like, uh, guess the bloodless revolution isn't working, guess you were right about everything, that that was a dumb idea, and we should just use force to do stuff. So, like, they just easily concede the philosophical point, and he's not suspicious of that at all. <laughs> because uh, he's motivated by anger. Yeah. Uh, in the Crunchyroll subs, they just subtitle it by capitalizing Neo and Hundred. Oh, in the in the High Dive subs, like the Hundred is not fully capped, and I think the E isn't capped in um, Neo either. Yeah, they just capitalize the N and the H. <laughs> so, who knows what's going on there. Uh, I choose to believe that's canon. <laughs> that it's capitalized all weird. Yeah. Birdcats uses funky-ass random capitalization. Yes. Because <laughs> they're evil. Yep, that is just what I choose to believe. I, I mean, I believe it. Uh, oh, we, we skipped over the bit where the guy's, like, standing on a bridge and he's super mad and, like, someone litters a cup on the ground near him and he's just like, God damn it! Yeah, it just, it's, he's so upset about the state of the world because someone littered. <laughs> yeah, someone littered, so he's like, society is crumbling! Which is an extremely, like angry young guy perspective and i i really do love how birdcats is just playing right into that yeah a birdcats knows how to play people oh also birdcats reveals load's identity as rory to this person which is probably important oh yeah i didn't i didn't catch that but yeah you're right uh is birdcats just steve bannon birdcats might be steve bannon i i feel uncomfortable <laughs> going into this and relating this to that into that culture so I mean, it seems like a really direct parallel. I understand, like, but I don't want to go there. 
someone who knows like how to play on young men's anger to like make them form groups to destroy society. Yeah, I just don't want to go into that. Okay, okay, fair enough. Like I agree, and it's a very unsettling comparisonism. But we'll just put that on the back burner for now. Yeah. <laughs> He actually secretly kind of likes this sort of, like, fun interaction with children and is, like, holds himself back from that sort of, you know, enjoyment normally. Yeah, I think, like, also, like, the the secondary or maybe even the ter- tertiary point of visiting these kids is so, like, Sugani and everybody can understand that, like, you know, kids are born innocent and they put social constructs on each other as they grow older and that's necessarily a bad thing. And you should consider, you know, going back to the time where none of that super matters. And then they relate right. that to, like, Hajime being the positive ac- uh, aspects of that and bird cats being the negative aspects of that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the conversation that Sugane and OD have uh, when they're winding down here. Um, it, OD makes the incredibly bizarre claim that they are half-human, which I'm just like, okay... What the hell does that mean? What's the other half? <laughs> uh, right. I thought they were just an alien. Uh, if they are half human, then what the well, hell does that so mean? So the subs say he, they're half alien. They, oh, this one said half human. Oh, mine said half alien. <laughs> well, both the dub and the Crunchyroll subs say half human, so... I suppose that does necessarily imply half alien, so... Yeah. I like half alien better, because I'm like, is the other half a different alien? <laughs> wouldn't that just be half alien and also the other half alien but if they're different aliens i really wish that i knew japanese so i could dig down into what exactly they said there but that's unfortunately i maybe i'll think about researching that before next time we talk about gotcha man <laughs> but that's a long shot yeah um, yeah, Sugane's like, you know, humans have a really long period of being children, so, honestly, uh, so he's like, I think there's a lot to hold on to from that period, and that's part of what makes us nostalgic, and that make that's like a good thing about humanity, that we long for the days when people are equal without, you know, indicators of wealth or status or anything, and that's like a good thing to strive for. And that's very sweet. I think it's very sweet. Yeah, that's a solid take. You know, just like the opposite of what people do use nostalgia for, but... Yeah, true. True. Uh, yeah. And OD's like, well, I guess Birdcots is just like a very troublesome child in this this conception. Uh, and then... So basically the last sequence is Brewey is standing around the preschool and is like clearly about to go over to the rest of the Gatchaman characters when um, they see the the little girl who's the daughter of the online troll dude. No, I think it's and... a different one because he's not in a coma. She specifically oh, yeah, mentions, right. yeah, so it's another one of the hundred. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess it, this kid just looks similar to that guy's kid. But, um... Yeah, the kid says, is looking at a block of wood and says, hey, write grave on this, please. My dad's dying because he's in a coma because of the, you know, he was one of the hundred. And Brewie's just like, great, now I've destroyed this child's innocence. 
I'm the worst. And then the episode ends. Yeah, and then it just cuts there. And I'm like, wow, well, that was a depressing ending. And that was Gotcha Man for this week. Yep, yep, some ups, some downs, some real downs. Mostly downs. <laughs> you described this episode as fun, and I went, excuse me? I mean, I was being sarcastic. You know what? It was in text, so it's hard to read sarcasm in text. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, I do kind of like how, like, this is a serious dark moment, but also, like, there are a bunch of little bits in here where they're like, you know, there's... You shouldn't really give up. Like, there's a lot of thing reasons to be optimistic in this situation, even so. So that's sweet, but yeah. Yeah. They're really they're really putting Rui through the ringer here. They sure are. Uh, Which is very sad. But. Yeah. Um I think that's about it, since we've gone on on this one episode as long as we do about multiple common writer episodes. <laughs> I mean we we had some other we had some other stuff in there. I guess that's true. Um anywho, this is a podcast on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com where you can find links to all of the things um twitters all those things and stuff podcatchers you know the apples the googles the stitchers the spotify's uh hit me up on twitter if you want to like chat about any of the shows we cover or anything yeah. I'm always open for that. Yeah, or send an email or something. Leave a review on iTunes. That's true, yeah. Leave a review on iTunes. That does make us more visible, which is good. It doesn't even necessarily have to be five stars. I would like five stars, but... I mean, it should really be five stars. That's just... I mean, we're the best podcast, you know? So. Okay, look, look, I'm I'm not even that <laughs> enough to say that. Like, I understand that we're not, but... <laughs> Garrett, you have to you have to boost yourself, you know. You I know. Can't. I just want to be like um uh I can't think of the words that I was looking for. Realistic. <laughs> Look, it is a fun oh. show that I enjoy doing. You want to do give us the podcast version of that Flight of the Concord song, Prettiest Girl in the Room? Uh, no. And if you were on the street, depending on the street, you'd probably be in the top three. Uh, no, because I do not remember the whole song right now. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Um, anyway, um, until next time, we've just been a passing through podcast. Remember that. Yep. Uh, Viva la Bloodless Revolution. Yeah. And hope you have a good one, everybody. Yep. Uh, happy... Pride Month. This is the first episode in oh. June, right? So happy Pride Month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you are all hashtag... real and valid, and we love you all. Um I would also yep. say that when it's not Pride Month as well. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I don't know if you've I, I I don't know if our listeners have ever gotten the impression that like I consider myself bi, so at least one member of the podcast is not totally straight, so, you know. And our editor, obviously. Uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so there are there are non cishat voices on the show. And various nice. other guests that we've had on. 
True. True. Uh, but yeah, so, and I hope that this feels like a welcoming environment for everybody. Yeah, as much as, like, a conversation that you cannot respond to can feel welcoming. <laughs> Uh, you know that meme image of, like, the kid sitting next to the, the advertisement and, like, eating, like, eating a bowl of cereal and, like, smiling like he's having a conversation with the people in the advertisement? Vaguely. That's such a good, that's, like, what I want our podcast to be for. 